Okay, 34 past the hour. Welcome back on this Friday. I'm Jeff MacArthur in Under Pressure. Probably a good song for the city of Toronto, for the mayor, for the uh, police chief. We got the very latest on the trucker protest, their plans for Toronto. That's coming up at the uh, top of the hour. We'll talk to Global's Sean O'Shea, who will be uh, covering events in Toronto all weekend long and from Queen's Park. We're also anticipating a press conference in about an hour's time. The mayor, the Toronto police chief, uh, both addressing the media, talking about uh, plans for the weekend. And you will hear that when it happens right here. So stay with us. Okay, not exactly great news on the jobs front heading into the weekend. Here is financial expert Rabina Ahmed Hawk, who joins us now. Rabina, good afternoon. Good afternoon, Jeff. All right, just how bad was it when it comes to jobs in January? Yeah, 200,000 jobs lost in the month of January, and it was expected because there were so many new restrictions that came into play right before the holidays that stretched out throughout January. And the sectors that were most affected, no surprise, restaurant hospitality, because they were literally just shut down where people were no longer able to dine in. So many restaurants reduced hours, uh, closed their doors for more days than they normally do, and that meant they needed less staff. So that staff then had to be laid off, rely on emergency benefits or EI, whatever money they could get through uh, get through uh, government sources. Um, so, you know, this as the restrictions get lifted, these num- these numbers will come back quickly. This has been a real pattern in the pandemic, but obviously not a great way to start 2022. Yeah, without a doubt. And is pretty much 100 percent of these 200,000 jobs uh, lost in the month of January. Is it all Omicron related? Well, not all Omicron related, but Omicron has definitely impacted the majority of those jobs. Uh, so again, you know, going back to those industries that have been shut down already throughout the last two years, again, those industries are the ones that had to go and lay people off. Um, I do want to point out, though, that our employment level is still above pre-pandemic levels. So we've been able to maintain that, uh, you know, that level of, uh, of jobs in the country. So regardless of the fact that we've lost all these jobs, it is still something to celebrate that for months and months we were gaining jobs. And that has served well in the, you know, in early 2022, where even with such a huge job loss, we are still above those uh, those pre we're still above those pre pandemic levels. OK, so having said that, despite a bit of a uh, well sluggish start, losing 200,000 uh, jobs, we're still fairly optimistic when it comes to a jobs uh, for 2022. Yeah. So, you know, everything that we learned from before Omicron hit um, tells us that the economy is poised for gr- growth. And that means that people who have been at home are wanting to go out and spend their money on all different types of things, not just restaurants and hospitality, services, uh, you know, just the fact that they're moving around, they're going to be spending more money in the economy in some way. And it's only because of these restrictions that the economy has been artificially dampened. So these 200,000 jobs, although pretty frightening, it's not because factories are shutting down. It's not because there is a recession happening. It is because of an artificial economic shutdown because they wanted to stop the spread of COVID. So that's not good news for, you know, someone listening right now who didn't have a job in the month of January, but it is uh, much more bright news knowing that once those restrictions are lifted, which some of them have been already, that those jobs mm-hmm. will come back. All right. Meantime, my family is getting hit particularly hard at the grocery store once again. And this time it's all about milk, the price of a milk at the grocery store. We're seeing what's being called record price increases. Just how big are the price jumps when it comes to milk, Rubina? 
Yeah, some of the reports are up to 15%. So it depends on which retailer you go into and also which part of the country you go into those retailers. Back in December, the Canadian Dairy Commission recommended that raw milk prices be hiked by 8.4%. And they do that in February. So that's exactly what is happening. It's happening because of these recommendations made by the Canadian Dairy Commission, because of those increased costs during the pandemic that farmers have had to take on. So obviously, they've had to deal with the fact that it's harder to move their goods from point A to point B. Uh, it's been more difficult to get people to come and work because of restrictions due to COVID-19 or people off because they've been exposed to COVID-19 and then increased costs of things like gasoline. Uh, obviously, once they get that product, they need to move it and that costs more for them to get it to the retailer or get it to the distributor. And so the Canadian Dairy Commission made this recommendation back at the end of 2021 that in February, prices should go up by 8.4%. And that's what we're seeing. Uh, once that recommendation is made, uh, that is, you know, that gives farmers and retailers the confidence that this is the right price that milk should be at. Mm-hmm. And I think that's a really important point and one worth underlying is underlining, sorry, is uh, dairy farmers, they have seen a lot of uh, cost increases over the pandemic and in particular the, the last uh, year or so. And that uh, it's the dairy commission. Uh, it, this is just not kind of the free market, right? Uh, The law of supply and demand is the Dairy Commission that's been setting these prices? Exactly. And making recommendations of where those prices should be. So it's not like the retailer is all of a sudden waking up in the morning and saying, let's charge people more for milk. This is based on evidence that it's costing more for that milk to be produced. Now, you can argue all the reasons why uh, that may be. That's 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 a different discussion. But the fact is, it's costing farmers more to produce it. It's costing truckers more to get it to the host, uh, the, the distributor. It's costing those those centers more to keep people employed because of the pandemic. And they're dealing with shortages of people who are not there because of COVID-19 or exposed, being exposed to COVID-19. And then that's going to, in the end, cost the retailer more to buy it, even wholesale. And so then they still need to make profits. Milk is often considered a loss leader. So a retailer will sell it for a loss so that people will come in to buy milk and buy other things while they're there. So milk already doesn't have a huge, a huge markup. And so there, if, if, if the cost of it goes up even a few percentage points, they need to follow that. Otherwise, it's going to be costing them to sell it to you. Okay, and just finally, when it comes to inflation, we usually talk about the price of the grocery store, as we have uh, the price of gas and, of course, housing prices. And there's a really interesting uh, report when it comes to the soaring real estate uh, market and real estate prices in the Toronto Star today. And the headline reads, Graves. That's right. Graves have become the latest uh, out of reach uh, Toronto real estate. So even graveyards, Rabina, are seeing their land values uh, increase and that's being passed on to customers. Yeah, you know, I was always under the impression that these graveyards that are in the city of Toronto, they have no more space, that they were all kind of taken up by the people who died in the 18th century or something, and that we go there to get more, you know, historical information than to actually go visit a relative that's passed on that we want to pay our respects. But apparently you can still buy graves in many, uh, uh, many lots, many cemeteries in, uh, not just the city of Toronto, but, uh, uh, across the city. And these prices have been going up. For example, in St. James Cemetery, according to this article, uh, there is a plot listed for $14,000. In Mount Pleasant, which I think is one of the more famous cemeteries in, in Toronto, in the sure. Moore Park area, up to 34000 I mean, that's the price of a pretty reasonable car that you'd think, well, you know, do I want to pay that much as my final resting place. But 
as human beings, we have this need to be buried close to where we lived so that people who loved us can come easily come visit us. But, you know, we really need to start thinking about the living, you know, and are we, does this make sense to be constantly making room for cemeteries if, if that is what people are demanding? Um, maybe there needs to be a different solution as to how we are managed after we pass on. Yeah, but when you talk nearly $35,000 uh, now, I mean, that's an incredible amount of money, obviously. And, you know, you have to wonder, to, to your point, uh, you know, where this is going. But what's fueling this uh, as well? Is it just the housing market and real estate prices and land values that uh, they have risen exponentially, as we've talked about over the last uh, couple of years? And when it comes to that, then it, I guess it just makes logical sense that uh, a graveyard or cemetery, which is land, that land value would increase as well. Yeah. So, you know, land is finite. They're not making more of it. That's often you hear that saying uh, with real estate agents, they're not making more land. And so people like to uh, know that the value of their land is going up. It's not necessarily the house always. So obviously the house uh, will increase your, your land value because if you build a beautiful home that everybody wants to live in, uh, but it's really location where you're located. And those, some of these cemeteries are located in pretty plum areas. Now, I don't know what, uh, who would ever, um, uh, think about what matters where you're buried outside of the fact that it's not convenient for your loved ones to come visit you, but that means something to some people. And so if you grew up in the city of Toronto where land value is very high and you want to be buried there, then you're going to have to pay that increased cost because there is that val that land is worth more than land maybe, you know, north of Barrie or, well, I shouldn't say north of Barrie, that's Muskoka, but maybe, you know, in other rural areas that may not have as much population. Yeah, I think really, really surprising for a lot of people to uh, read and hear about this. Rubina, appreciate the time and the input. Uh, thanks so much as always. Have a great weekend. Yeah, you too, Jeff. Thank you. Okay, personal finance expert Rabina Ahmed Hawk with us. And yes, uh, up to $35,000, according to this Toronto Star report at Mount Pleasant Cemetery. That is now the asking price for a single lot with an upright marker running anywhere between twenty-eight dollars to $35,000. And as I mentioned, just another one of those price increases that I think is surprising and shocking a lot of people. Stay with us. You're listening to The Jeff MacArthur Show. Hi, it's Shauna, and I might be a bad parent because my kids think french fries are vegetables. Hey, it's Ryan, and I might be a bad parent because I went out for wings when my wife was in the hospital after giving birth. Johnny here. I might be a bad parent because in my house, the tooth fairy gives pocket change. But we're not alone. Len emailed us and said his six-year-old daughter's Tarzan moment going from love seat to lazy boy by curtains made him more proud than any dance <laughs> recital. And Andy left his two-year-old at the rink. All right, guys, I'm sure we're not alone, like Andy's kid. For stories and confessions like this, make sure you check out our podcast. It's called Bad Parents, and it's available wherever you get your podcasts. I left a glove at the rink.